there is the identity shift. And then there is that moment where that is solidified and it can actually start to translate into your business. And where I see a lot of my clients struggle is not being able to be in that void. I didn't feel that, you know, sensitivity is your superpower empowerment at the time. I was just highly aware that there were things that I felt like I couldn't control that were just coming into my energy field that were affecting me. And I didn't know how to work with that energy yet. And ultimately, when you dig, 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 the root of it is really this fear of being judged. And yes, there's some inner work that you need to do around that because we, we get to just heal that within ourselves. But still, there is a reality that you are going to be judged. The way that I got to the point of deciding for myself that it was the right move to make and it was a part of my soul's expression was not that I could answer every single question, but I can own the fact that I didn't have to have the answer for this to be authentic. Welcome to It's Not What You Think, the podcast that takes you in a transformative journey to rewrite your story of greatness and reawaken your soul's purpose. I'm your host, Celine Costa, a subconscious mind expert, master coach, and believer in the limitless power and magic that lives within all of us. My intention in this podcast is to propel you into your next level of success so that you are free to create the life that your heart most desires. Through deep, actionable insights, personal stories, and world-class guests, I'll provide you with the tools, strategies, and resources you need to unlock the fullest expression of who you're meant to be in this lifetime so that you can consciously design a reality that is beyond what you could have ever dreamed of. Join me on this journey to personal growth and evolution, and let's live our lives in accordance with our highest soul's calling. This podcast is your weekly check-in to help this path become more simple, obtainable and fun. Thank you for tuning in today. And now let's dive in. Welcome, welcome soul family to another episode of It's Not What You Think. Today I have with me a very special soul sister and life and business coach and author, Amanda Bucci. And Amanda is here today to, we're going to open up a conversation around business, around communication, around being an empath in business. And before I hand over the mic to Amanda, just a little story about how we got connected, which was a couple of years ago through the land of Instagram. I or her, I don't even remember who found whom, but somehow we found each other, started following each other. And I remember my first impression of this woman was, wow, I resonate with her so much, the way she thinks, the way she is, the way she moves, the way she communicates, just remembering, really seeing a mirror in her. And we got to the place where we were commenting on each other's posts, commenting on each other's stories. And then it got so ridiculous that we decided we have to just get on a Zoom call. And when we did that, it was just fireworks everywhere. And then we had a session together. And anyway, long story short, we came to the place where even before I launched this podcast, we, we kept saying to each other, my God, we need to record our conversations because they're so deep and so intense that people need to hear them. And finally, the podcast is live. And lo and behold, we have Amanda here to record the conversations that we're having behind closed doors. So without further ado, Amanda, can you introduce yourself to our listeners today? 
Yes, thank you so much for that intro. It was so great to hear from you and welcome to this podcast, everyone. I'm very excited to connect and talk. And my name is Amanda Bucci. Like Celine said, I am a business coach, life coach. I've done coaching in lots of different arenas over the last decade or so, but I started my journey online back in 2014. I was a fitness influencer to get started when Instagram and YouTube were just kicking off in the early stages of social media. And I've grown an audience in multiple different areas. I have a podcast, I've had a YouTube channel, and I've done a lot of different things in my time as a coach, but something that I've really come to terms with that you know, has been the culmination of a decade of coaching and teaching and being a person online is really focusing on and prioritizing teaching people how they can live from their soul and from the most authentic place. And really like this podcast is here to do, break up with some of the constricting narratives and operating systems and ways of being that keep us from living most authentically. Beautiful. And now hopefully like just a few minutes in, you you all know why Amanda's here because we are here to talk about soul, about living from soul, operating from soul and coming back to soul. And speaking of, there's something, Amanda, that you and I, I know deeply, deeply connect on, and that is this concept of building a soul-based business. And I know that we have both have had our fair share of journey when it comes to the transition of being like, oh, shoot, I've just built an entire business that that is just, there's so much of my ego in here and my need to be validated and my core wounding in here. How do I undo this and dismantle it. Now, the listeners, mm-hmm. those of you who have been listening to, to, the, to the podcast, they already know my story, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But I'd be really curious if you can share what has been your story of building, let's say, the ego-based business and how have what has been your journey like around deconstructing that? First of all, being just coming to the place where you realize that that was happening in the first place because that in itself is an initiation. And then what has been the transition for you to, to yeah, break up with these patterns and, and come into a more soul-based way of living? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think a lot of people can resonate with some really pivotal points in my story and your story. So for me, I started, like I said, in early stages, YouTube fitness influencer land on social media. And I was very young. I was 21 years old, 22 years old when I got started making videos. I was vlogging. I was sharing a lot about my life. And I was sharing a lot of my vulnerabilities, my heart, my lifestyle, what I was eating, how I was working out. And it was a lot of exposure. And I grew an audience very, very quickly. I remember making this video back in 2017. And the video was this goal that I had for that year of how many followers I wanted to grow on YouTube. And I was like, I want to hit 100,000 followers by the end of the year. And I grew that amount of followers in six months. Mm. And it was so much what people don't often realize when you grow a following and or people who do grow a following really do realize this is the amount of people that now have this kind of access to you, access to project onto you, access to judge you, access to make meaning about you and what they think of you. And as a young person who's still figuring themselves out, it was a lot to deal with. So I also did something in the fitness industry that not a lot of people did at the time. And that was essentially build this whole brand. It was like an empire of sorts. It was essentially, you know, I was doing bodybuilding competitions. I had 30 to 60 to 70,000 people watching my videos every single week. 
And again, I was in my early 20s figuring myself out and I had this community. And at a certain point in my journey, I was around 24 years old, uh, 24, 25 or so, I decided, you know what, fitness is a great part of my life, but it's not something that I want to continue doing as a brand. I don't want to be known for this. I don't want to have to keep talking about this. And I want to explore other areas. Mm -hmm. And that is a very like a wild thing to go through when you have hundreds of thousands of people following you, watching your content in a certain arena. And it was the first time I experienced what it's like to be boxed in by people boxed in by society, boxed into this archetype of this is what you're supposed to do. This is who I know you as. This is what I'm expecting of you. And I pivoted into the business coaching space. I had built my own brand. A lot of people were asking me questions about how do you build a fitness business? How do you get brand deals? And I decided to try my hand in that. I joined a business mastermind with Lewis Howes and I met all these amazing people in the business space and people that were older than me, people that had a lot more experience with online marketing. And it was, it really took off. But that transition was very pivotal for me because I actually remember this one video. I wrote about this story in my book, Followed, um, that I posted where I was essentially announcing my new transition and letting my community know, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing now. And I remember this one comment and this guy said, this is the most inauthentic I've ever seen you. And that really landed in a place in my heart that was very alarming and confusing. And it was this first time that I realized there I'm going to have to really push back against what people expect of me. And there's a very strange amount of people that have this kind of expectation. And what that built in at the time was this feeling of I needed to prove myself. So I was this young woman, had built a fitness brand. A lot of people were commenting that it was luck, that it was privilege, that it was me sharing my body. That's why people followed. And I was making content that was like helpful and educational as well. So I went on this whole journey where so much of what I was growing towards in business was rooted in the need to prove myself to other people. And in the following two or three years, I made seven figures in my coaching business. I, you know, really created some incredible programs. I hired team. I invested in mentorship, quite a lot of money. And I also reached burnout fairly quickly. I didn't realize I didn't have a lot of self-awareness of my energy. I'm a very sensitive person and I'm a projector on a human design. And I just really was going down this path of I need to prove myself to these people online. I need to prove myself that I am more than just what people think of me. And that was the first time that I had the recognition once I hit that burnout place that I was probably building so much of my business from that place of ego and needing to prove, needing to be validated, needing to be seen and recognized for my intelligence. And I bulldozed over my nervous system. I bulldozed over what I really needed. I didn't feel comfortable in my body and my process to be seen as the student. I felt like I had to be a lot further along than I, than I currently was. Hmm. Wow. There's quite a few threads here that feels so important for us to pull. So I'm going to take them one at a time. So the first thing that you're sharing, Amanda, that feels really important to, to, to call out here 
because I know I personally have experienced this, not only myself, but I know this is a huge fear of people when clients come to me and they're saying, I want more visibility. I want to be more seen. What you are speaking into is actually one of the biggest subconscious blocks as to why people think they want to be seen, but then ultimately self-sabotage and don't allow themselves to be seen, which is that as you are exposing yourself, especially to the public more and more, and you're allowing more layers of yourself to be seen, especially if you're being authentic and vulnerable, it can be so freaking scary. And I have chills even when I say that because I know that, you know, my following is significantly smaller than yours, but still doesn't matter because I have also have these experiences of people commenting on the ways that I should be or the ways my content has changed or why am I not talking about this topic anymore? And then there's also these, you know, trolls that say really cruel things about your physical appearance, about, you know, you being a phony, being a fake and, and the stories go on. And, you know, I've, I've also had in my experience, like entire articles written about me and people taking something Same. that I said mm -hmm. and just completely out of context and then creating a really negative post or, or piece of content around it. So I've had, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure not as much at the intensity as you, but I've had enough of a taste of this to experience that, it's scary, you know, when we call in this desire to be seen more and to, to you know, I want to have more followers and I want to be on in these, in these articles and I want to be in these top podcasts and I want more people to listen to me and what I have to say in my story. That's all well and good. But if you don't get very clear on the reason why you want to, you want this and what your message is and what the purpose of this is, you may be opening a Pandora's box of exposing yourself to a lot of attention without having the tools that you, you, you know, you spoke to, and that's something I also want to go deeper into with you, having the tools to manage your energy and to understand how you respond. Cause I, I'm sure you relate to this as well, but there's been moments where even though I intellectually know that this person is sending me this message because they're projecting on me and because it's their own misery and sadness, like being projected onto the first, you know, the lowest hanging fruit. I'm still these moments where I'm like, ow, my heart mm -hmm. hurts like this hurts and yes you can sit here and say well you know i need to look at the part of myself that i need to heal so that this wouldn't affect me and it's true but there's also something to be said that if i'm you know going about my day and just going to get a coffee and this complete stranger comes in and just like assaults on the in online then now i have to do all this whole process that I didn't sign up for. It's not like I'm signing up to having a tough conversation with my partner or my team member or my family member. And I'm like, okay, this relationship is important to me. I need to do the shadow work. I need to look at myself. Let's go. But it's more so, hold on, it's 3 p.m. on a Tuesday and I'm just getting this really unwelcome DM that is just completely attacking me. And now I have to go off and do shadow work. I did not this was this is not on the schedule today. So so I have a few other questions. I want to there's because what you just said was so loaded. But before I do, I want to pause you because I see that you're you're nodding, and I'm wondering if you can speak more to this experience because I'm sure you know with my clients I've seen this again and again and again. They're like, I want more visibility, and then when we dig in, it's like, but do you? And ultimately, when you dig 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 dig, the root of it is really this fear of being judged. And yes, there's some inner work that you need to do around that because we we get to just heal that within ourselves, but still there is a reality that you are going to be judged. 
So yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it so fascinating. There's a whole chapter in my book called Critics, Haters and Trolls. Oh, my. And I really ha did my best to break down the relationship dynamic between a creator and uh, a follower, whether they're a really like positive follower that really cares about your work and they consider you and, you know, they hold a humanity for you mm -hmm. and someone and many followers do this. We do this to content creators and celebrities and people in the public eye all the time, but we often project a archetype or a character onto them based on our own consciousness and our own perception. And we as creators become a archetype or a character in someone else's story. And very often, if we don't fit the mold for what comfort they can expect from us, it will create that reaction. And it's so interesting because I had to learn this firsthand. You've had to learn this firsthand. And yes, we don't sign up for having to do inner work and shadow work because some random person on the, person on the internet hit a part of us that was clearly still an open wound and a vulnerability. And that's why I find it so important to be able to have that self-awareness and to be able to be in the process of like the self-development in your exposure online or with your business or the way that you're showing up. Because at the end of the day, if there are people online that control in a way your expression, mm -hmm. there will be some level of incongruence over time for you and your brand. And I've seen that with my clients over and over again, where they feel like they're aware that they're going to get judged they know it's probably going to happen. They have evidence that it has happened in the past and they're limiting their expression as a result of that. And I personally believe like, you know, go as slow as the slowest part of you and the slowest part of your nervous system, but also lean into those edges within yourself. Lean into the edge of like, okay, there's a story that I feel really called to share and I don't have to share it. I also believe that we don't have to share everything. There are so many things that we should keep private online and we should keep sacred, especially the stuff that we're still working through and we have a little bit of autonomy to keep to ourselves and not have to bring it all out online in our businesses. But there's like a soul initiation process to sharing a story online. And there is this like shame releasing that I think can happen when we actively, you know, own and feel and acknowledge what is true within ourselves. And we do that inner work to really claim our story to the point where we can bring it out online, knowing that people will probably judge it. I think it's like the final frontier of releasing shame and freeing yourself and liberating yourself from something that you've either judged yourself for, or you've been, you've experienced shame as a result of before. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm, I'm really glad you're speaking into this. When I do my brand story work with clients, they, you know, I remember one, one of the things that, that starts to frustrate people is how, quote unquote, long it takes to get to the actual brand story, because the way I do the brand story is different. And you probably have an idea or you are, you definitely have an idea of, of how I do it, which is you got to actually heal and reclaim the parts of your stories that have been abandoned or are still in the shadowlands before we can actually bring it out because of exactly what you are talking about. Because if you put yourself, you try to force your story out there for the sake of putting your story out there for the sake of if, you know, 
so-and-so said that storytelling is a really powerful method of communication or look at all these people that are telling their story and receiving a lot of attention from it. So what I, the patterns that I've noticed in people is this, okay, well, I need to tell my story. So let me tell it, let me just figure out how to like package it in a way that works and, and then put it out there so that I can get the results of putting out that story, which looks like the attention, the, the connection, which is all true, but it's not actually putting the story out there that matters. It's how you put the story out there that matters. And that's really part of the process that I teach. And it, it's, um, you know, what you're speaking into is that there are parts of us, like there's our story and there's parts of us that is, are still raw and tender and that we haven't fully worked through. And those are the parts that we need to be responsible for in doing the quote unquote inner work. And then there's the parts where, where we are, for the most part healed and, or we are like in ownership, like this is my story. This is, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. And there's a a frontier. I loved how you said it, where you go and you put your story out there. And at that moment, it's important to understand that even in, even though you've done the work as much as you think you, you could have, there's still going to be people that don't agree or that might shut you down. Um, but at that point, the idea is that you're standing in it so strongly that you you don't, uh, the challenge and the reward is that you don't dim your light or, or uh, allow expression to be taken away from you just because someone else is not in agreement. And so this is part of a really important in a work that I have seen you do, and I know I've done myself, and and I believe every anyone that's listening that really wants to be more visible, be more of a public figure, and or get even if you don't aspire to be a public figure, to be more seen in your industry in your space is that um, understanding that, that there's there's a level of discernment that needs to happen. And Amanda, I'm curious in your experience when it comes to that discernment, because you know there is there seems to be the the two camps of okay, ego, which is I need to tell my story because logical reason, because it's going to make me more money, because it's going to get me more followers, because it's going to be really shocking and people are going to really like it because I want to get attention. And people are not always self-aware of this, which I think it's important um, that I don't think people are doing it on purpose, but there's definitely an ego way of doing it. And then there's a soul-based way of doing it. And I'm wondering if you could speak more to, from your experience, like how, what is the difference and how do you if someone's listening and they're like, okay, but how do I catch myself over here? And how do I know I'm over here? What would you suggest? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I, I think I'll start with a story <laughs> to, to fit our little narrative over here. So there was a moment about three plus years ago when I posted about my current relationship that I'm in online for the first time. And there was this preparation process that I had to go through because I was essentially coming out as being in a polyamorous relationship. And my audience hadn't known me as being polyamorous or being interested in that. I hadn't talked a lot about relationships online up until that point. And I knew that it was going to be a lot for a lot of people to process. In my own process, there was a recognition that I was going to be casted out or judged or criticized by a lot of people. And I could have either not shared it or there wasn't necessarily a way to share it that was just going to be for marketing because it wasn't for marketing. It wasn't for attention. It wasn't for 
you know, those, those aspects of ego and being able to kind of get something out of the experience like you would maybe if you're marketing your story for your business and then you're going to be getting clients from it. And there's like the ability to almost share the mask. There was no mm -hmm. mask here necessarily, but I did really have to work through the parts of me that were really still navigating the newness of being in that type of relationship. I still had a lot of questions. I still had a lot of doubts. I still had a lot of vulnerability in my own process of figuring out, is this something I want long-term? I don't know what it's going to look like with kids. There's just so many unknown variables that I was still processing. But it came to a point where I didn't want to hide my relationship anymore. My husband, John, and I are both, um, we both have followings online. People know us. People knew, I think, at that point that we were dating. And I wrote this whole article about the story of how I got into this relationship, my perspective on it. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. It's not just an excuse for cheating. It's not this, it's not that. And there were on that post, there's still to this day, a thousand plus comments. It was like this explosion of a social experiment. And there were people that to this day, they said in the comment section, like, you know, I can't wait for this to blow up in your face. I think you're being manipulated. This is ridiculous. There were even people that had their own like public figure platforms that added to the conversation in the comment section that weren't necessarily nice. And it was emotionally, like you said, it was very emotionally activating still. It was still dysregulating. It was still something that, yes, you could expect that dysregulation and that actual, like the fear that we are scared of, the thing that our patterns and our, our subconscious self-sabotage will protect us from is that pain. But the way that I supported myself and the way that I, I had that kind of backing, number one, I had people around me that, that supported me, people in my life that were you know, being able to reflect back to me and validate, like, this is the right thing. This was a beautiful expression of yourself. Like, I support you. I had, you know, my partner who was supportive. I had a community of people. There was many people that were still supportive. But in my own process, the way that I got to the point of deciding for myself that it was the right move to make, and it was a part of my soul's expression, was not that I could answer every single question, but I can own the fact that I didn't have to have the answer for this to be authentic. I didn't have to have every single question answered for this to be an expression of where I'm headed in my soul's journey. And even if I didn't, this didn't pan out in the long term, I was still choosing it and owning it. And yes, I had to process many questions and things that were, you know, still dysregulating or still confusing in terms of, you know, all of the ways that we judge people with infidelity or we judge people that, you know, don't have the same relationship structure that we do or the same relationship to money or any of those things. But I was able to get myself past the place of, of hiding and protecting my vulnerability and protecting my authenticity. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So what I'm hearing is that you had to really create a system to like consistently check in with yourself and also be clear. Because what I think is really important with what you're saying is that as public figures, I think many times there's this expectation that we have all the answers. And 
there is, and I know I've experienced this myself and, and I've worked with clients who are, have very, very large followings and, and there's this pressure of because this person is in the public eye, because they have this amount of followers, like clearly they know what they're talking about. And a lot of times they do, sometimes not, but that's not what the argument is, is here, which is more around we're human beings like anyone else. And, you know, this, you know, in the morning I was, you know, running to, I woke up, but my alarm went, like went late and I was like, oh shoot. And I wasn't able to give my meditation the, the attention that it deserved, even though most of the times I have my morning meditation this morning, I didn't. And then I had to um, go and I was looking for coffee and there was no more coffee. I was like, okay, no problem. No more coffee. And then, you know, you're going on, you're driving the car and then you're, we were here doing this, this podcast. We had technical difficulties before we started. Now we're having this beautiful conversation and people can be like, wow, they, they're saying such insightful things and this is really touching me. But then, you know, we go, we go home and, you know, you're eating pasta and a noodle falls off. Like we're, we're human beings. And I think sometimes people forget that, but more so, I think more importantly, we forget that. And I know sometimes there's this self-imposed pressure, and I don't know if you relate to this, that I've put on myself to be, to hold myself in a certain standard of I, I, I can't fall apart or I have to make sure that I've got everything together, that I've got it, I've got, you know, the, the, the situation. And I, I notice how this really gets amplified when we have um, people that are looking up to us or listening to what, what it is that we're saying. And how important it is to to really continue to come back to our heart, to our soul, and reconnect to who is it that I am? What do I stand for? Why am I here? So, you know, I wanted to ask you a difficult question, Amanda, that I myself don't have the answer to. And so I asked this question knowing that you may also not have the answer to, but I still want to ask it. Are you up for it? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So the question is, why do it? Why put yourself in a space where you are openly sharing your life for hundreds of thousands of people to listen, hear, and maybe criticize, form opinions about you, you know, comment good things as well as not so nice things, why do you do it? Why bother? That's the difficult question. I, I love that question. And I actually have an answer for you. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad. I actually, sometimes I ask myself yes. this question. I'm like, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure if I Why was in the spotlight, I, I would channel yeah. something. So I'm going to let you do it for the both of us. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it's funny because my husband's partner, Holly, asked me that question about a month ago or so. And, you know, she and my husband, John, she's his other partner. She's my metamorph. So it's my partner's partner. We're in a polyamorous relationship. And she is in like new in her social media journey. She's doing Q&As and getting asked questions about various things in her lifestyle. And she had a couple of moments where it was really difficult. So she asked me that same question of why do you do this? Why do we keep doing this? Why are we doing this? Why don't we just keep it private and protect our peace? So I think it's a great question that everyone has to grapple with because you can absolutely go down the pathway of protecting your peace, protecting your energy, um, not being as exposed. And I think 
over time, there will be a world in which I, I pull back from social media quite a bit when I'm older, when I have a family, who knows where I keep things perhaps a little bit more private. But for now, what I found as the benefits and the ROI of being open, of sharing the way that I live my life, of sharing some stories in the messy, tricky parts of the process of either being an entrepreneur, figuring myself out, moving through emotional challenges, or navigating unconventional relationships, the benefit to me personally is being able to witness myself and witness my conditions, my fears, and my patterns, and take a deeper step in really integrating them. Because in that projection experience where someone criticizes and someone judges, the moment that it happens is emotional. It can be dysregulating. And if you have that tool within yourself or that frame where you view it as an opportunity to initiate yourself or be initiated deeper into the ownership of your authentic expression, it is extremely powerful. I feel like at this point, so many things people say just roll off my shoulder and Mm. they don't penetrate my energy and they don't affect me negatively because I can see and recognize that that is not true in my experience. That is very likely a projection from someone else and their experience and their frame of reference. And it's a really, so much of that I attribute to being seen and witnessed and judged and criticized by people online. So there's a very high ROI personally, like the personal benefit. On the service level, on the benefit to other people, the thing that I've received most often in my journey, like I said, I've been online for 10 years. I've been in fitness and business and self-development, relationships, communication. And the thing, the feedback that I get the most often is thank you for sharing your journey and the details of the difficult aspects of your journey because they helped me so much not feel alone. Specifically in the realm of the polyamorous relationship piece, that is this kind of taboo element of my brand that not everybody has like a taboo element. I think, you know, in in the business coach world, the taboo is talking about money, talking about wealth, talking about how you spend your money or how you earn your money. And like that is its own taboo thing in the business world. And There are different taboo or less societally like accepted elements of all of our stories, right? Everyone has their own little elements to that. So the benefit that I found in in actually releasing shame in myself and being able to casually talk about this, like, yeah, my husband has a partner and I have different lovers and this this is the way we live our life and it works for us and we've done all this great work around it, is helping other people realize that there's another way. And we've gotten countless messages from people saying, thank you so much. You saved my marriage. Being able to just talk about this with my partner has been absolutely life-changing. Or in the business space saying, thank you for sharing this part of the experience. I thought I was the only one that had this experience. And if someone like you that has followers or has had a lot of success or seems to have a lot of their shit together can go through this, then maybe I can get through it as well. And there's nothing like that. There's really nothing like that kind of service that you can recognize in the simple sharing of your story and your process and your journey. 
You know what I really loved about your response, Amanda? First of all, thank you for articulating something that I haven't been quite able to articulate. And I just really love the way you responded in for multiple reasons. The first thing that I really value about your share is that the main ROI, let's call it for you, is actually for you. And I think this is really important because we can get caught up in that ego desire of, I want to help other people. And why am I calling it an ego desire, which might trigger some people, is that mm-hmm. when when we talk about ego, val- the desire to validate our ego through our business, through our visibility, through our following, whatever it may be, the obvious ones are let's validate it by talking about or, or you know doing something for money or doing it something for for influence but the, or impact although the 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 little subtle thing that doesn't get talked about or addressed very often is that wanting to help people can also be an ego validation wanting to help people it sounds really noble and it's extremely socially accepted because it's such a nice thing to do but actually for a lot of people i have noticed that it is a way for them to circumvent either doing the, the doing the inner work or helping themselves or understanding that mm-hmm. ultimately you are in service to your soul and then when you're in overflow from soul then you can like give to others as opposed to being in service to help others and many people doing it from a depleted space and doing it from a space of I have to tell my story and I need to put outside my, myself out there because people need to hear this and then the questions when people come to me with that energy is, okay, but are you ready? Are you okay with this? Have you, are you owning this? Are, do you feel safe? Do you feel regulated sharing this? Or are you just sharing it for the sake of how much other people need to hear it? And so what I love about your share is that you're, you're literally saying like, first of all, I do it for me. And, and I completely resonate with this because I love sharing myself and authentically and over the months or over the years tracking how I've grown and who I've become and what I was saying a year ago and two years ago and how I was responding. And I love being able to hold myself accountable by sharing, putting myself out there. Then I know that, okay, well now I put it out there and now I definitely need to do the work to clear it. Otherwise I won't be in integrity with myself. And so what I love as well is that you're sharing that, that, that the, the benefit of you being in alignment and integrity with yourself and you sharing this for you and what it's doing for you is that you are in a space where you also get to help other people as a benefit, as a, a surplus of what it is that you're already choosing for you. And, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I completely resonate with what you're saying of receiving messages from people saying, thank you so much for sharing this. Oh my God, I'm so happy there's another way. I also have this experience um, with my work and it feels so good and it feels so fulfilling. But some people use that as a primary driver as to why they 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 put themselves out there so they can get that validation. And it might be an authentic in the sense that that person's life truly was transformed and what you shared really did help them. But did it also help you? Or were you you doing it from a space of, I need to, take these parts and put them out there so that someone else can be helped. And I think that energetically, there's there's really a, a, a very large difference between doing it for you, being in overflow, and knowing that other people will will be helped because, simply because you are shining your light for you, as opposed to let me 
help other people shine their light when from an from an empty space. And something else yeah, that so also yeah, go ahead. Do, is there something you want to add to that? No, go for it, and I'll I'll circle back when you're Beautiful. finished. And something else that I know you and I have talked about a lot uh, in our private conversations is also this concept of energy management. And I know that you know you and I are both extremely mm-hmm. sensitive, empathic beings um, that feel like everything in in different ways but i think we see eye to eye in in how challenging it can be energetically to to manage our energy in these situations and i also know that a lot of people that are in my audience and as a result of this podcast in your audience listening to this are also going to resonate with being empaths resonate with being very sensitive beings that yeah it's it's really valid if you're feeling oh my gosh i don't want to be visible anymore and it's like, wait, 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 hold on. Hold that thought until the end of this episode. We've got to. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear, Amanda, what have been, what has been your process in, number one, having that moment of acknowledgement that I know I had in my journey of, wait, wait a minute, I'm an empath. Because there's a whole journey just to admit that to, to oneself. At least that, that was my experience, that just for me to admit how sensitive I was and how empathic I was, was in itself a whole initiation because I didn't want to see it. And then once I saw it, mm-hmm. it almost got worse because then I saw it and I admitted it. And then I didn't know what to do with myself because I would get, as you said, energetically penetrated all the time because I didn't have proper energetic boundaries or hygiene set in place. And as I started doing my energy work and becoming stronger in that aspect, now I'm noticing that, okay, I have that this strong energy. And as you shared, these comments, they're not penetrating me anymore, but I'm still noticing that outside the confines of this energetic boundary, there's like people kind of like, you know, outside of the glass house, like peeping in. And I'm still like, wait, hold, what do I do with those people? Now? <laughs> do I just, am I just okay with them <laughs> peeping in? So, so there's different layers to how to become energetically strong in the process of becoming more seen and more visible in life and, and business. And I'm really curious to to hear your process and your take on this. Yeah, there's so much that you said that we can go into there. And I really think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about having your cup full first. And it's such a simple simple thing when you say it out loud, but in in practice, it can be very different. So like you said, hitting that awareness of being an empath. I remember experiencing that moment of kind of like having that difficult come coming to terms moment with myself in 2020. I remember it was New Year's Eve and I was crying because I was like, I am so sensitive. I feel like it's so annoying. It's just such a bother to myself and everyone else. And I didn't feel that, you know, sensitivity is your superpower empowerment at the time. I was just highly aware that there were things that I felt like I couldn't control that were just coming into my energy field that were affecting me. And I didn't know how to work with that energy yet. Lo and behold, like you, you know, we've been talking about with the social media piece with energetic boundaries, there were some energetic boundaries that I did have in place that were unconscious at the time. But I, my journey of subconscious blocks, and you even helped me with this last year, was really rooted in people pleasing and rooted in the giving and receiving complex. So what you were talking about before, there's this 
martyring that can happen of of the self to give to the other and in my sensitivity journey i had to realize after you know coaching session after energy healing after unpacking my own stuff until i really fully realized that i was in an uneven total balance of energy in the way that i was giving and receiving and it was a lot to unpack like that sounds big because it was it was like a lifelong blind spot almost mm-hmm. and you really helped me with this when we when we had our call it was so incredible it was such a pivotal moment in my journey of recognizing lifelong that blind, blind spot. spots it's my but specialty it's, <laughs> lifelong blind spots is your specialty <laughs> you're so good at it <laughs> if anyone's wondering Celine is whoop, you just she just well like yep here's your lifelong blind spot fantastic <laughs> so so learning learning this, um, I remember I was in this program with my friend Victoria earlier this year, and she channeled something in the program that talked about the giving and receiving frequency versus the sacrifice and take frequency. And I think it's really interesting to pay attention to, like, am I in a practice of giving to myself and pouring into myself and protecting myself and commanding my energy in a certain way and caring for my energy and being in like energetic hygiene practices Mm -hmm. where you do set boundaries with your audience, you set boundaries with your time, you set boundaries with when you go to sleep, with what food you put in your body, with what media you consume, with what you let affect you and how much energy you're pouring into certain relationships that might not be reciprocated, or you might not have a reciprocation relationship with your social media, or you might not be in reciprocation with yourself. So I think in my journey, one of the most powerful things that I've recognized in the journey of sensitivity and energy work and just being aware of energy is really that balance of what pours into me and what drains or what where is my energy leaking and just kind of recognizing that balance that you know we are we are of nature we're plants like we need to be given to we need to um give to ourselves and we need to be in ownership of what we need in our bodies and what our nervous system needs and what our energy needs and what you know what creates vitality what makes us feel vital and alive and what actually makes us what what drains our energy pathways? What are we not doing that's not helping us bring that vitality into our day-to-day? So I found that vitality is very important. Boundaries are so important. And there are boundaries that you can create with yourself and with others. And even just this one conversation about, you know, that martyring energy or that giving of self, it could be a boundary where you say, I pay attention to my own energetic needs just as much, if not more, more than where I'm energetically giving to other people because your energy is your currency and you have a certain amount to give and you can cultivate more and more energy. So you have a lot to give, but it has to come from you first and foremost. You can't, it's not sustainable to pour from a depleted cup because then you will just have depletion regularly and you'll be running on fumes and then you won't be able to give in the way that you want to because you will not be your full self 
Thank you so much for speaking into that. You know, I, I have my own energetic practices, but I know it's it's really powerful to be able to get clear on number one, what stage are you in when it comes to your energetic management? And number two, how is it that you can actually start to put this into practice? Because both when it comes to becoming more visible in the online space or the in-person space, because you know we're specifically talking about the internet, but all of this really also applies if you're speaking in a stage in front of 5,000 people. I've had clients who were preparing to speak on a Tony Robbins stage in front of 10,000 people. And even, even then, it's actually even more intense, but the preparation is the same. And uh, I know this is also really important in the way that you structure your business. I know that, you know, I'm sure you can relate that the way I have structured my literal business model has had to be in compatibility with my human design, with how I am, and also with what my energy levels are, my energetic needs are. And in my program that we were talking about before this podcast, um, In Business by Soul, there's such a significant portion of this program that really focuses on getting very clear on your energetic template and how do you match how you work, how you message, how you put yourself out there so that those boundaries are in place. And so you can be in a space of energetic overflow, um, which will then, you know, pour into the business and will give you energy to, to, to speak, to get on Instagram and speak, not from a depleted, I have to post place, but from a, I have something to share and I'm really excited to, and the same concept translates into building out your programs and, um, you know, creating your business, building your team and everything that comes along with being a business owner. There's something else as well, Amanda, that I know you and I really connect with when it comes to our journey that I feel would be super supportive to anyone who's listening, which is this, this um, concept of a transition. And I know that this is actually something that many, many people are going through in this, in this, during this time, which is transitioning mm -hmm. their brand or business. This is even more prevalent when it comes to someone who has a personal brand, but does not necessarily apply only to that, which is the, that process of, you know, you, you spoke to it yourself that you were a fitness influencer and then you moved on to doing more business stuff. And then you move forward into also including more relationships and life and love into your work. And I would love if you could share with us, what has the process for you been to, to transition your identity and as a result, your business and what have been your biggest insights out of creating those transitions and still keeping the followers, keeping the income and keeping the business. Cause I think a lot of people are quite afraid that if they uh, essentially change their business model, or if they go and pivot and do something else that they're going to lose what they have. So mm -hmm. I love it if you could speak into that. Yeah, I love this conversation about making transitions and it's actually a lot deeper. I mean, when you actually are in it, you can really feel all of the emotions, all of the fears and, and ultimately the identity level shift that you have to make in order to transition your brand. And the way that I see the personal journey and the brand journey is you're going through your own personal journey and your own evolution at any given moment. and when you're figuring out, okay, I am, you know, in terms of my brand, like I'm a business coach, I teach this, I teach that. And you ultimately start translating what you think you are, or at least what problems you want to solve for people and putting it into content and programs and assets and 
podcasts and whatever else. And that solidifies an identity version of you, a persona mm -hmm. that you've created that ideally is as authentic as it possibly can be in the moment. But all of us, especially if you're on a self-development journey, we grow and we change. And often our self-development journey precedes our brand identity journey. Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling that incongruence between you and the current iteration of your brand, it is a process of number one, getting more comfortable in your body and in your nervous system and in your relationship to yourself to really own that new identity. So I have a client navigating through this right now, I have multiple clients navigating through this right now. And one client is like a very successful seven figure earner. And she's done a lot of things from human design to business and various things. And in her heart of hearts and souls of so souls, she wants to do documentaries and be a gonzo journalist and, you know, travel around the world and do just amazing recordings and making movies and, and various things. And ultimately that process is one that is like nervous system and emotional and identity, like how you view yourself and how comfortable you feel in your body, viewing yourself as that type of person. And it is a strategic business critical thinking process at the same time of how do I make this move? And, you know, where, what is the middle ground between letting people know that I'm going to be doing these new things and talking about these new topics while not be, having it be so jarring and so confusing that they don't know what to think or, you know, what problems you're going to solve. And ultimately many people get caught up in that messy middle, that discomfort of ultimately not fully being grounded and rooted in the new identity yet and still feeling that sticky confusion within yourself while trying to make it solid for your brand. So what I've done that's just been like a very raw and transparent version of this process is find a way to get comfortable in not having the answer in my own body and feeling safe and creating a sense of safety within myself to, again, kind of circling back to the beginning of this conversation, being able to say, hey, this is where my soul is headed. This is where my brand is headed. And this is going to be a transition for all of us. So if you don't want to follow, that's fine. But if you want to follow along, this is what I'm going to be doing. And some people do that in a slower process in terms of like the strategic repositioning of their brand. And some people do it a little bit more quickly, but there are different consequences to both of them. I think doing it a little more slowly gives you personally some time to really be in the unknown and like engage and experiment with how you feel with what you're sharing in your brand and what you even really want to do. I know for me, um, I went through a pivot this last like year and a half, two years or so. And it was more of a refinement than a total pivot of industries like I did before. And it was more of just really refining my work and refining how I teach, how I like what specific problems I solve for people, what I do, what I don't do in the business world and the self-development world. And, you know, pulling a lot of things together and really being in my own process of engaging with my work. But I really am happy that I let it be a lot of experiments and a lot of tests. And I tested things just with how I felt in what pieces of content I shared, what resonated with people. Um, I created even smaller programs and experimented with the one-on-one -on -one clients that I was working with and really just worked my 
own process and figuring myself out. But that middle piece of being able to be un- be comfortable enough to be in the unknown and like not really have a strong foothold in one world or the other is such a process that you are in with your body and your nervous system and creating more evidence for yourself that you actually are that person and you can embody that person comes through practice, comes through trial and error, comes through experimenting. Thank you so much for speaking into that. And it's what you're saying is actually so important when it comes to going through a really significant transition in your business and your brand is that the identity shift precedes the actual brand transition. And this is something that I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with. And I know my clients have really needed to learn this piece that you're speaking into, which is that you're going to be asked, you're going to be called into a shift, especially if you're a human being who values your, your self-aware, who's self-aware, who values doing the inner work, who values changing, who wants to grow and transform significantly over this lifetime, which is honestly most people who are likely listening to this podcast. It's most of the people that we work with, if not all of them, then it's inevitable that we're going to be going through certain shifts and transitions as what you spoke into around, you know, going from fitness into a business, into a wider um, range of things. And I know that in my personal journey as well in my career, I've gone through these really significant shifts. And what you're speaking into is that that void in the middle of there is the identity shift. And then there is that moment where that is solidified and it can actually start to translate into your business. And where I see a lot of my clients struggle is not being able to be in that void and, and that messy middle. And, you know, it brings me back to that metaphor of the butterfly that when a caterpillar is turning into a butterfly, it doesn't just turn into a butterfly. It needs to go into this cocoon, completely liquefy itself and reconstruct itself to become the butterfly that it is. And this is what I, you know, I guide my clients through and and myself as well, because of course, you know, this as well as I do that we need to guide ourselves through this before we can guide someone else, which is we need to just be in it. We just need to be in the mess. We need to be in that realization that my identity is shifting. I'm changing. The things that used to work don't work. We need to be in the, I don't have an answer right now. I don't have a solution. And I've noticed that a mistake that a lot of people make is that they create this false sense of urgency that because they're shifting on the outside, then immediately their business, the brand has to change. The programs have to change. And this impatience and this rush of, it's too uncomfortable for me to be in this space of not knowing. And so because I don't want to be in that discomfort, because I don't want to face the unknown, because it's scary for me to let go of the old and step into the new, and I don't know what the new is yet, then what's the what's the next strategy? What's the next thing I got to do? Tell me what I need to do. And that's where a lot of outsourcing of your power as an entrepreneur can be. And that's where ironically you slow down the transformation and you slow down the transition because when you are in resistance, when you're in fear or when you are trying to force something without allowing it to emerge organically from within, then you're creating this artificial process that doesn't actually serve your soul because again, it's the ego that's saying, I have a timeline. I need to change my brand and my website and this thing by this date. Otherwise people are going to think I'm an incongruent person. And uh, I need to change my offerings by this day and I need to do it just like this and it needs to be perfect by then. 
There's so much pressure that we put our, in on ourselves to transition faster and to just shift out of that freaking old identity. But part of that death and rebirth cycle is really to be in the nothingness, to be in that, in that void and to, to practice being in the unknown. And as you've so gratefully mentioned a few times, to not have the answers and just be in that and create our own sense of safety in that. And once we have embodied and integrated the unknown and we just drop into that womb of creation and just allow ourselves to fully be in that and surrender, that's where I find that, you know, it's similar to sinking down to the bottom of, of a lake. You just, you're going to naturally start popping back up. And when you're air, when you come up for air, this is the point where it's the time to say, okay, now let's look at the strategy. Now that I'm grounded in this transition of who I am now, now let's look at how am I going to literally pivot my brand? What is my website going to look like? How is my business model needing to shift to be a match for this new um, solidified um, version of, of, of who I've become? And so I think something that's so important for anyone who's listening is really taking away uh, is can you be in that void and can you be kind and compassionate to yourself to be in that identity shift and to know that one does precede the other and give yourself the time and space to be able to be so solid in yourself and so in ownership of who you are that now you can you can go into the strategy world or you can go in the external world and really show people that new expression of self. So that's that's a that's that's been my experience of it. And before we start to wrap up, Amanda, I'm just curious as to whether you have anything to add to this or this entire conversation. Where as we're coming to close of this journey, is there anything that um, you're feeling called to, to summarize and really bring home for whoever's listening to this? I know we've been going in many different places yeah. and spaces. So how do we land this and bring it home? Yeah, it's funny. What When you were sharing what was coming up in my head was almost giving people a little bit of like an example outline of what it could look like. And the thing that was coming up in my head was like, when you're starting to feel the shift, keep what you have at like 90% and maybe share 10% of the new world or the new you. And like, maybe you just start sharing different content or you're sharing a story or you're just expressing yourself in a different way or you do a photo shoot. But you have to have like this, these two pathways, like the old version and the new version and have it slowly transition where it's like 90, 10, and then it's like 70, 30. And then it's like 50, 50, because you also have to go through figuring out your ideal client again, creating new offers and assets, creating new marketing materials, creating new, a uh, new foundation essentially. So really reiterating to give yourself time and to let that shift be organic from the inside and recognize that it's not going to be this like hard and fast. I'm just changing and I have to rush to do it. Don't put a timeline on it. That's what I recommend. Don't put a timeline. Oh my God. And, you know, quick share on that before, before we, we, we wrap up. I just had such a recent and visceral experience of what you're sharing, Amanda, which is that um, you know, in my business, I've been I've been growing like really quickly in the past couple of years, and it's been an incredible journey. And I remember that I got to this point actually just recently last month, and I, I just posted about it, 
where I just, I've been doing a lot of deep reprogramming work around money and just up-leveling into my next um, identity of wealth identity. And something that became really clear to me as I had these huge um, up levels recently, hello eclipses, thank you for the help, um, was I, I sat down with my business manager. I just had like a come uh, come to Jesus moment where I said, you know what? I'm I'm letting go of all income goals, just done. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. care about certain amounts of numbers anymore, about certain, like I'm just letting go. And I'm just, I want us to focus our energy and attention on creating the best possible programs, world-class products. I want to focus our energy and attention on systematizing the business so that I have more and more free time so that the team can work more and more efficiently. So I want to focus on creating not more content, but more higher quality content. I want to be really proud of the brand that I'm building. I want to feel really proud of the work that I'm doing. And not that I didn't already. I, I felt proud, but it's more so this pressure and timeline that I was making to hit certain income goals. Um, it was it was taking away from the joy of me just being in my sole purpose and building the thing that I'm here to build and feeling mm-hmm. like I had to do it by this date or or, or like something would happen. And I'm, I just started picking up some patterning around that. And then as I deconstructed and dissolved that pattern, um, I, I said, you know, I know that we've had several hundred K plus months and my business has been creating high five figure, you know, six figure months. And, and, but it was just getting to a point where I started to set that as my standard and I'd be like, okay, if I, if I'm not at the six figure month, then, then what's wrong with the business, you know? And I was just putting too much pressure on me and too much pressure on the business. So I completely let it go. I sat down with my manager. I said, let's let go, let's go of the numbers. I just want to focus on, on becoming who I need to become and becoming mm-hmm. the woman who is a CEO stewarding my business in this way. And regardless of what the income level is, it's not going to take away from who I'm becoming. And so when I got super clear on what my next chapter was and where I want to go and who I want to become and how I want to serve and how I enjoy to be in the business. And, you know, I'm saying this a few weeks in. Um, so let's see a year from now what, what really comes out of, of this episode. And basically the next day, our business had a $70,000 sales day. And then within a few days of that, we had 150K cash come in. And that was halfway through October. And I was like... Okay, got it. The message has been received. <laughs> Let go of the numbers. It doesn't freaking matter. I'm taking care of. Just focus on just being, like solidifying, grounding this identity shift, being who I'm meant to be in this planet and creating the work that my soul just is so freaking proud of. Just let that be my focus. And I know that this is part of your journey as well. So mm-hmm. That was just a quick uh, impromptu story that came up as you were sharing that. Now, uh, are there any final things that you want to share with anyone who's listening, who's gotten to know you over this this episode? Um, Anything that you want them to take away in their pocket with them as as they complete this episode? Yeah, I would. Everything you just said because I was I was nodding my head because I went through the same shift and the same realization of if I can't enjoy myself and have fun and prioritize being the in the highest possible energy that I can be in to create the absolute best products and the absolute best systems to create even more time and space for myself, then I'm just going to continue to limit myself. And I think that's such, you know, it's a really deep shift from ego to soul, which is really the theme of this conversation, because it is taking away that ego validation for the self and to show other people 
hey, my business makes this much money. And the amount of validation that we get from that is so high. And removing that is such a powerful indicator that you're moving closer to your soul. So I love that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Thank you, Amanda. I, I love the conversation. Our conversations never go the way we think they will for the better. So I really love where we took this. I think we were both surprised. We're like, oh, we're going to talk about this. And they're like, what? We're going to talk about this instead. So I'm so happy to, to have had you today. Thank you so much for your wisdom and for sharing your life and your authenticity, your vulnerability. You know, I love you so much. So I'm really glad to have you here and to share you with everyone else. And um, and Amanda, for anyone who doesn't know you or wants to get to know you better, how can we find you? Yeah, thank you so much, babe. I so appreciate you. And for anyone who is interested in following, um, Instagram is the best place to find me at Amanda Bucci. You can find programs, website, book, all of that stuff. And if you are interested in the book uh, followed, you can find it on Amazon and any of your local retailers. Definitely go check out her book if you want to hear more about what it's like to be followed. So thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, if you loved this episode, if there's any key insights that you received from our conversation, feel free to let us know and, you know, screenshot this episode. Let us know, post it on Instagram, let us see you. And um, thank you personally for sharing. And yeah, thank you, Amanda, for being here. And I'll talk to you very soon. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much for showing up and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you, beautiful humans, for tuning in to today's episode of It's Not What You Think. If you loved what you received today, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us reach even more amazing listeners like you. If we aren't already connected on social media, come receive even more tips and inspiration by following me on Instagram at Celine DaCosta or visiting my website at CelineDaCosta.com. After listening to this episode, I invite you to take a few moments to reflect. What stood out to you? What were your key takeaways or breakthroughs? And if there was one action step you could take from this, what would it be? Thank you again for joining me on this journey. I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to connect in the next episode. Until then, keep sharing your unique gifts and living out your most magical life.